Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are all here with me today. I hope you've had a good week. Um, it's been an interesting week over here. Uh, things are changing and shifting, and you'll see more changes on talkradio.nyc over the coming months. Um, I hope you had a chance to catch uh, the shows before mine, uh, Pat Duckworth doing a wonderful show all for uh, women at that age, all around menopause with Hot Women Rock. And then right before my show, Reverend Dr. Tara Lynn Curry-Avery with her show, uh, Dismantle Racism. Uh, so today we're going to be talking all about uh, conscious relationships. But first, of course, we're going to have a, a little section from my book, Everyday Awakening. Um, and I think actually this turns out to be a rather appropriate uh, section to read and talk about today, which is entitled, Respecting Ourselves is the First Step to Receiving Respect. It is easy to get confused as to why other people don't respect us. We are nice to them. We bend over backwards for them. Yet they still treat us with disrespect and callousness. It just doesn't add up. Why would they do such a thing? It's, it, it is a paradox. Sometimes it just seems that the nicer we are to others, the less they appreciate it. In this paradox is a message from the universe. It is not about being nice. It is about respect. We must first learn to respect ourselves before others will start respecting us. How do we do that? By respecting our time, our effort, and our energy by creating and communicating clear boundaries for ourselves and sticking to them. When we allow others to cross our boundaries, it often does not work out well. For when people see there are no consequences for not considering our boundaries, they will continue to push. They may push and push and push until we finally say no more. When we start to truly respect ourselves, we hold fast to our boundaries. When we respect our time and our energy, we make sure people know that there are consequences. When we truly demonstrate self-respect, we are signaling the universe that we only wish to deal with people who respect us as well. The key to receiving respect from others? Respecting ourselves, pure and simple. Can you see where you have more respect, where you can have more respect for yourself? Perhaps stronger boundaries with others? So uh, this section of my book I wrote a while ago, um, it was kind of inspired by uh, working with people. And, and it's just sort of a, a general trend that I noticed that um, many people uh, I was working with had challenges with others with this idea of people not respecting them, that they felt that, you know, that no matter how nice they were to them and, and what they would do for them, that, that still the, the people didn't really respect them. And I could see this sort of reflected in my own life, that there have been many times where I've really gone the extra mile for people. I've really uh, uh, given my all for another person. And somehow they just always want more. They keep tugging at me. They, they want more time, more attention. And it, it kind of is something that over time I began to realize that when we don't truly respect what is ours, and by what is ours, I mean our space, our time, you know, our being sort of selfishly aware of the time we need for ourselves to rest and relax, that when we don't respect that, people will just push, they'll walk all over it. In a way, it's kind of like when you're little kids, if your parents don't set boundaries for you, you're just going to be wild kids, you're just going to go all over the place. And so uh, I began to realize that, hmm, this is uh, not an issue about other people, because when you do set strong boundaries with other people, when you do say, look, 
when I said, no, no, I don't have time right now. We'll talk about this later. People actually respect that as long as we're clear and we're consistent. Because if we say, no, like, leave me alone, uh, but then they, then we allow them still to come in and invade our space, then they're like, oh, well, he doesn't really mean it. Oh, it's okay. So we're giving mixed signals. And, and the way to really be clear about it and to um, let people know that we really mean what we say is to have very clear boundaries to true and, and having clear boundaries. It's not about pushing other people away from us. It's not about saying, no, don't, don't come near me. No, it's about us being respectful of ourselves of just, you know, what we need. And it, and it's quite interesting that the more we stand up for our own needs, the more people respect that. And the more people allow us to, to have our boundaries, to be clear. So, and, and I think this is really important, especially for today's topic, which, which is about relationships, because when we're in a relationship with another person, whether it's a family member, a friend, or an intimate relationship, a partner, a lover, a spouse, if we're not clear on our boundaries with the other person, it's going to lead to trouble. And, and this is something that's so important regardless of, uh, regardless of the type of relationship. And so, um, uh, and again, that, that's from my book, Everyday Awakening. And if you'd like to get a copy, you can always just go to www.everydayawakeningbook.com. It'll take you right to the listing on Amazon. And if you want to pick up a copy, you can always ask um, your, if you like independent bookstores, I love independent bookstores. You can always ask them to order a copy of it. We're in a major distributor, so you can get it literally anywhere you can get books. Um, So now uh, it is my pleasure uh, to welcome to the show, uh, Alexandra Balanswig. (laughs) I hope I'm getting your name right. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's I pronounce it balance swag, but you are very, very, very close. Thank you. Ah, okay, okay. Um, so Alexandra is the founder and CEO of Hum Hum, which is a digital platform for conscious dating and connection. Through their facilitated virtual group dating experiences and one-on-one virtual guided blind dates, uh, they're setting a new standard for online dating by creating a culture and a container that is mindful, growth-centered, growth-centered, and substantive. Hum Hum is an expression of Alexandra's love for both methodical and mysterious means of self-evolution and her penchant for entrepreneurship and creative expression. Prior to founding Hum Hum, she worked as a consultant in strategic design and product management for several years for organizations of all sizes, from Fortune 100 companies to startups. Alexandra is a certified Kundalini yoga teacher and a Reiki master teacher and facilitator. Her personal practice plays a critical role in her life and work. She had the privilege of sitting multiple month-long silent retreats to study and practice meditation in the Theravadan Buddhist tradition over the last six years. And you know Theravadans have a very special place in our heart here at talkradio.nyc because the original founder of the network became a Theravadan monk. Um, She maintains a committed daily meditation and yoga practice to live, work, and serve creatively, spaciously, and with integrity. And it is my pleasure to welcome her to the Conscious Consultant Hour. Welcome, Alexandra. Hope you're having a a good day so far. Thank you so much for having me, Sam. I was looking forward to our conversation, which we planned a while back. And I'm I'm like, wow, where did the time go? So grateful to be here. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's funny. I'm, 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 and right now I'm like booked out with guests, I think until the end of the year. And, you know, you book it out so far ahead of time and you think it's so much time. And then all of a sudden you blink and it's like, oh, you're coming on next week. And it's like, what already? Um, <laughs> and, and I just, I, I thought that the timing worked out well for this since, you know, February is Valentine's day and everyone's talking about relationships. So I thought we'd get a little bit of a, a, a jump on that conversation. Um, but I always like to start off with a, giving people a little bit of a sense of, of sort of your background and why you started Hum Hum. So, so you have like, a, a, 
you know, I don't want to say a traditional background, but you have a very professional background. Um, what sort of moved you and decided you to say, you know what, I, I want to start a, a, a new dating platform? Okay. Well, you know, concurrently with my professional path, I was also developing my personal, I guess, spiritual path. And of course, they're not separate, but they right. became more and more and more interwoven um, as I deepened in both. So um, I actually, when I left my corporate work, I able I was able to um, save up some money and I took a bit of time off and I had gone on this like long um, Vipassana practice um, mm -hmm. for several weeks. And coming off of that, I moved back to New York. I was living in LA um, and just the juxtaposition of going to New York following this kind of forest time <laughs> was so comical. And I was simultaneously um, really holding this desire for relationship, for partnership. And in order to pursue it, um, I went on some of the dating apps and was just finding myself um, not liking, because you were earlier talking about how we give our time and attention and energy being like one of our most precious, you know, one of the things that are ours. And I didn't yes. want to give my time, my attention, my energy to something that felt like an energy sink. And that was actually feeding heart and mind habits that I was actually trying to revert, like to reverse. So mm. I found myself, you know, feeding impatience and feeding, um, frustration and, um, just kind of this very transactional mindset that put all of the right you know, efforts in the outcome. So what really stuck out to me was how do we make the dating process feel um, generative so that no matter what happens, the giving of my time and attention and energy is actually giving me something back. And to me, that's mm -hmm. like treating it as a process and uh, making it more like a meditation. So that's kind of how it got started. And so were you like dating at the time? Were you like spending time on some of the existing dating platforms and just feeling kind of unfulfilled with them? Yeah, exactly. I was just feeling like I don't like how I feel when I come off using these. So yes, I can adjust my mindset, but I also want to feel like the platform I'm giving my attention to is also giving me something back. And it was it was a lot of work to kind of work against this collective mm. patterning of scarcity and yes. longing and you know just all that comes with swiping yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely okay let's take a short break and then when we come back um i want to talk a little bit more just about the genesis like how you sort of came up with this idea of, of creating a more conscious platform and and sort of what you saw like the reaction to it and 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 why you felt like there was actually a need for it like there was actually a market for it it wasn't just a a pie in the sky dream it wasn't just you know a nice hobby but that people actually like this idea okay all right sounds good Awesome. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this live every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern time right here on talkradio.nyc and on Facebook Live on all of our Facebook pages. And we will be right back with Alexandra Balanswag right after these messages. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? 
Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Today, we're going to be talking all about uh, conscious uh, relationships and conscious dating with uh, my guest, Alexandra. So, Alexandra, uh, how long ago was it that you actually started Hum Hum? I started it back in October of 2019, so just before Uh, the pandemic. And so what had been your experience sort of in your own dating life and and what was it like meeting people and and what was the feeling behind it um uh that kind of got you to say "Mm, like this doesn't really feel good i was kind of thinking about you know how i feel most connected to people and i felt like kind of this chat based exchange was a really hard first like gauge of someone. And so in order to really get a feel for them, I needed to go. And at the time, I mean, everybody was just going to meet, but that was a huge time investment and commitment. And um, it's not that I didn't want to do that, but it's really hard to kind of discern how you're going to connect with somebody through a chat and then go to, you know, out on a date, which now, of course, there's since the pandemic, all the apps have, you know, video platforms and, um, you know, video chatting and, um, you can call each other. I mean, nobody was calling each other at least, you know, when when I was doing it, but, um, maybe a little bit, but I, you know, with that, I did end up actually having some video chats with people. And I was like, this also doesn't feel good because I was craving kind of, again, like a container and structure. So there's so much friction. And and obviously I started to share some of my experiences with others and friends and um, I'll kind of get into the, you know, the first hum hum and how that came to be. But I realized that, you know, there's no container. And so there's all these frictions around dating. Like, what do you talk about? How long are we going to talk for? Um, Who is going to initiate how do we wrap up? How do we talk about next steps? Like there's just all these kind of decision points that take away from just being able to like feel safe and connect. And they're not huge deals, but they accrue. And they're kind of each one, like at the end of it, you're just a little bit, I felt just exhausted. And I felt like my energy was going into really creating a sense of safety and container for myself so that I could connect with authenticity. Um, But it was a lot of work for people that I didn't know. And, you know, so that was one piece of it, but the, but hum hum actually came about more organically. It wasn't really like a mental exercise of like, what are the problems and how will I solve them? Uh, It was more just this, like, I'm going to host a bunch of people that I don't know, friends of friends, bring them into, I was teaching yoga at the time down on the Lower East side. Mm-hmm. My studio was generous enough to let me host the first experience in person. And, uh, um, I hosted kind of a speed dating ask, but slower with mindfulness and, silence and eye gazing and prompts and people just really liked it. They, they shared with me afterwards, like how satisfying it was. And they filled out, you know, all this feedback. And so I ended up posting about six or seven of those in person before this, you know, before New York started to shut down. Mm -hmm. Um, And then within three days of the shutdown, multiple people reached out and they're like, Hey, can you bring this online? Like, I would love to keep doing these hum hum experiences. I was like, yeah, let me figure out how to do that. So that's kind of how it got started. 
I see. I see. So it was more like, oh, this is just an idea. Let me try it out. Let's see if people like it. And then you just got a lot of positive feedback from people. What would you say was the, the one aspect of what you did that people liked the most? I think a few things. One was the intentionality behind every part of the experience. So everything from the tone setting to just naming some of the frictions, acknowledging the kind of courage it takes to show up and date and try something new, slowing things down, um, the conscious dialogue aspect of, you know, each person getting a chance to share and, and in the slowing it down, um, really pointing people towards themselves, like using the whole experience as a learning opportunity so that there was less attachment to the outcome. And I think that's what people really appreciated. Plus just the container of it, like having kind of the structure and the, the ground rule set so that everyone can just focus on the connection and their, their own growth and learning. I, I want to ask you a question around safety, but first I, I do have to ask, how did you come up with the name Hum Hum? So the, the concept kind of came about before the name and wow. the name kind of came to me about a couple of weeks after. Um, but initially um, it was a combination of two things, one human to human. So really putting back oh. the kind of humanity and dating um, instead of this very transactional mechanical way that we've yeah. been doing it. Um, and then the other piece was so hum, the mantra, so hum. Um, wow. which is I am that and really being able to hold space for and witness each other in that state of kind of beingness that mm-hmm. those, yeah, those both inspired the name. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and so let, let's talk about safety a bit because, you know, as you mentioned before, like a lot of the online dating platforms and apps, you know, they try and do stuff to kind of, you know, you set up your profile and then they match you with people supposedly match your profile. Um, but still there's not necessarily, a, it doesn't necessarily cultivate a feeling of safety when you're connecting because you still don't really know that much about this other person. What do you find like really helped to create that sense of safety with the people who came to the Hum Hum events? Um, a few things. One is setting group, like gr- setting the group with some shared agreement. So at the beginning of every hum hum, we set the tone with some agreements for confidentiality, for self accountability. So really giving people permission to take care of their needs and not, you know, go into their people pleaser, go into their making sure everybody else is okay before they're okay. So really setting that as a parameter. Um, we also use the agreement of kindness. So just like setting the tone that everybody like you is here to connect and it's vulnerable. So just, you know, watching that judging mind, like paying attention to when that arises either towards self or to others. So really using those agreements to set the container. It's also time box. So time naturally alleviates any sense of the unknown. So how long will I be here? Mm -hmm. Um, And same thing for even in the conversation, any kind, any way that you can remove a bit of the unknown for people to have to proactively navigate just makes puts people's systems at ease a little bit more. Um, and then the other bit is the intentions to stay connected. So instead of having people, you know, think about do I like somebody? It's not about do I like you or not like you. It's about do I want to stay connected and in what way at this moment. And giving people, one, the permission to change their mind, two, much more vocabulary to think about how they're feeling and and tune in to do I want to stay connected? We do have a really strong ghosting culture. And I think a lot of that is from just not having the vocabulary to capture um, your intentions, which I think a lot of the time people ghost because they appreciated an exchange and they liked a person, but they don't necessarily want to stay engaged or connected. Mm -hmm. So having the vocabulary and the language and the permission to state, you know, that I'm releasing this connection after this exchange, but like, thank you. I feel gratitude. I appreciated it. I enjoyed it. I got something from that. Like there's a lot in there. Um, So Mm -hmm. that helps create a sense of safety as well. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. It, It brings up like so many questions in my mind also around, you know, this whole idea that, that when people decide like, oh, I'm, I'm going out dating, I want to find a partner, but sometimes there are missed opportunities to just create friendships. And, mm-hmm. and, and back before I was married, when I was dating, I actually met my wife on, on an online dating platform. Um, and, you know, way back when in the early, early days when not that many people were doing it. But I also met 
some people who I just ended up becoming friends with. But but it feels to me, and, and like from talking to people who are dating these days, that like they're either just looking to hook up or it's like if, if they're not going to be in a relationship, like they're not interested, it's like wasting their time. I'm, I'm curious with the way you sort of curate things, do you find that just regular friendships develop from it in, in, in a more easy manner that it doesn't have to be like all or nothing? Yeah, I do think so with Hum Hum, we actually give people the option to indicate, you know, kind of an intrigue or romantic interest or friendly. And we really give people the chance to say, make sure that if you're putting friendly, you actually want to stay connected. Otherwise, just put, you know, release it, put neutral because you can feel a friendly affinity, but still want to release the connection. So yes, we are seeing that. Um, But I think I, what I've noticed is since the pandemic, there's like a heightened discernment around people's capacity for more relationships and starting new ones. So I think some people are really hungry for forming new relationships and new connections and really open to that um, of whatever type and, and allowing those to kind of build. And, and I think, um, but then there are other people who like have, they feel fulfilled in that regard and are really only open to, you know, a romantic connection, but I think, of course, it's like a lot of the time a romantic connection might start as a friendship. So just, again, giving people the chance to not attach to it turning into that, but saying, okay, well, I want to explore it as a friendship, but being real with the fact that if it doesn't feel like it could go in that direction, they're, you know, less interested in sustaining it, which, you know, there's a lot we can say about that and like projecting our, you know, our needs onto each other and and all that. But I think it's ultimately like, um, being true with yourself about what capacity you have for new relationships and of what form. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad, glad you kind of brought up about like what's happened sort of since the pandemic hit. Um, it's time for us to take the next break, but when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about how has dating shifted over the last two years? Like how are things different, not just in terms of the in-person versus not in-person, but just what people are looking for? How do people feel about, you know, having relationships, meeting people, because we are in a different world than we were two years ago. And I'm curious to get your perspective on sort of how that shifted. And was it sort of a very abrupt shift or was it a gradual shift? Okay. Sounds good. Awesome. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity, and we will be right back after these messages. Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day.
And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. We're speaking this hour with Alexandra Balanswig, uh, the CEO and founder of Hum Hum. Um, so, Alexandra, you mentioned right before the break uh, about uh, the pandemic and the lockdown and sort of what's happened. And so I'm curious, the way dating was happening pre-pandemic, like you mentioned, you had, you know, a few in-person events. And then, of course, like everyone else, you know, we had to go online. Um, but but there, I, my suspicion is this, there's a lot more than just the fact that not being in person versus being online, that, that there's probably a, a bit more of a change in sort of the quote unquote dating world. What have you seen over the last couple of years? Definitely. So I, I actually have some, you know, stats on some of this. So in general, like dating app usage has gone up since the pandemic. And there's the thought that people who initially were averse to using dating apps were kind of drawn to give it a try because of the isolation and wanting to build connection. So more people are kind of coming onto the the digital scene and just Mm -hmm. accepting that as like a new mode of dating, similar to how, you know, the work from home culture has gone up quite a bit. Um, And then similarly, values have shifted a lot. So um, Match Group did a survey and people are actually spending more time trying to get to know their potential partners. Um, They're being more honest with them. They're focusing less on physical attraction and they're actually considering a wider range of people to date than they were Mm. before. So that was really interesting. And then the last bit, as we touched on a little bit, is that video dating is looking like it's going to continue to be a trend as a way to assess a connection before committing to an in-person exchange. So, you know, again, because of the higher risks of meeting in person and also just the the effort that it takes to be safe and wear a mask and this and that, um, people are using video dating as kind of a way to have that first date. So instead of first dates being, again, I don't have a stat on that exactly, but my hypothesis is that most first dates will be less apt to be in person. Uh, and, um, and then lastly, people that are using apps, there was a study that showed that 45% of people are feeling more frustrated than hopeful. So the apps, you know, there's mm. definitely room for improvement there that it's correlated with, um, I would say poor mental health. Like people are showing, um, signs of feeling distressed, anxious, and depressed, um, which is just a general apps. trend, which is a general trend that's happened over the last couple of years. It's just being in the stress of the pandemic. I think sometimes we don't even realize it, that it's always in sort of the back of our mind, even if it's not front and center. Um, I'm, I'm curious, is there um, a particular demographic in terms of, I don't know, age or education or something that you find sort of more interested in in this kind of a more conscious dating platform? It's really hard to say. We're still pretty new. I think initially um, people that are being drawn are people that are um, just looking for something new. Like there's different camps. It's people that are kind of over the the original apps and they're like trying anything else. And then there's people that have been looking for something like this and haven't been doing the online dating because this didn't exist. And now they're like, Hmm, this, this speaks to me. This is what I, how I want to try to date. Um, and I see a lot of people also that are uh, two things, one, and kind of like the younger generation, like early twenties, but then also people that are um, have kind of been out of the dating game for a while and are like, this feels like a safe way to get back in um, and start experimenting and start putting themselves out there again. So I'm seeing that as well. I see. I see. Interesting. Interesting. So kind of like the two extremes, like uh, people who, who are on the very young age and then people who like, uh, you know, maybe they've been married and divorced or they've been in a long-term relationship and now they got to get back out there and they're not quite sure or that they're looking for a particular kind of experience that I guess Hum Hum can provide. Um, I'm curious, what kinds of challenges did you have along the way in in starting and building Hum Hum during the pandemic? Because it's the the way you build a business this day is very different than it was before. And, And just in the dating world and industry itself has transformed a lot over the last couple of years. Yeah, I think some challenges have just been um, technological, like I had to build a bit of kind of operational technology in order to service the events. So we're hosting events and, you know, connecting people and um, 
you know, having a way to see who matched with who and, and what did they put and how did they line up? And then, you know, doing all that, that was um, challenging, but we solved mm. that with just some technology. And then um, obviously the, the whole iOS uh, 14 launch has shifted the way that um, you can kind of market on Facebook and Instagram. Uh-huh. So that's um, been a little bit of a hurdle. Um, and then just, of course, like, can like I don't think networking so much because it's still I've still been able to connect with a lot of people and find you know the team that I need and um people have still been drawn to it so other than that I think yeah that's been the biggest technological Mm. is the biggest challenge how how do people find you usually how do how do people usually find hum hum have they is it all through is it mostly through word of mouth or or do they find an ad about it how do people usually come to your platform right now mostly through word of mouth we um we do have partnerships and work with um various dating coaches and other Mm. Um, communities. So that's actually how you and I connected. So mm-hmm. through those communities, we either partner and host a collaborative event. Um, and then same thing through our coaches, they coach on the platform and we kind of exchange because um, it's a very similar you know, group. They benefit from the coaching and they benefit from the dating. Right. Um, and then we did run you know, several um, online ads like okay. through Facebook and Instagram. Um, and yeah, we're still exploring various channels. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. And have you started to go back to in-person events at all, or is it still all strictly online? We are planning to stay mostly digital and we'll do in-person events as more like community building events. So less as our kind of core offering and more as just a way to connect people um, in in our larger cities. We are Mm. not doing them yet. I think we're targeting something in LA um, in the summer, but Nothing has been confirmed. And so I'm assuming you started in New York City. Um, how did you decide what other cities to go to from there? Is it just where um, you had connections? Yeah, right now it's been where I've had connections and also just like market size. So LA, San Francisco, and New York have kind of been our biggest cities. Um, probably that's because where my network is the biggest as well and friends mm-hmm. of friends. Um, and so we've also been expanding. We've done um, an event in Texas and in Austin wow. as well. Um, so usually just through people in our community reaching out and being like, hey, can we do something here? And then I'll be like, well, let's, do you have anyone that we can connect with? And can we make it together and trying to have it be, you know, co-created as much as we can. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and you offer um, curated events for, um, I would say, the, the spectrum of people you know, so um, not just just uh, hetero, but LGBTQ. Uh, I'm curious. Um, did you? Is there a difference between doing sort of uh, I want to say normal, but the more mainstream type of dating to more of the other sort of relationships? You know, not really. Like people want the same things. There, like the, there are subtle differences um, in terms of how, you know, who meets who, obviously there's, if Mm -hmm. if you're in an LGBTQIA plus event, most often everyone in that experience can meet each other. So you Mm -hmm. kind of have, you don't need as many people, whereas in a hetero uh, dating experience, you, you know, it's the men and the women and they're meeting, but I'm, I'm actually noticing that a lot of, there are people that are coming to our hetero events. They're also coming to our LGBTQIA plus events. So people are identifying you know, on the queer spectrum, but are interested in sometimes, you know, dating men or dating women, and they are coming to these different events to kind of um, I- express their sexuality and, and meet different people. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, the other thing I'm very curious about is uh, living in New York City, I know a lot of people who've moved out of New York City. And now uh, because of the fact that the work from home and working remotely people feel a certain sense of freedom. So now they, they feel like they can be anywhere. Um, so does that offer a sort of a challenge for you in a way that, you know, there are people not just in the centers, you know, in the big cities that you mentioned, New York, LA, and San Francisco, but you know, the people move to Hawaii and Costa Rica and all across the U S and it's, you know, you come to a virtual event and people might be anywhere, but then, I mean, eventually you got to connect in the real world, don't you? 
Yeah. So what we've been doing to kind of address this, and obviously as we scale and grow, it'll be a lot easier to service different geographies, but um, we offer open location events. So it's clear, you know, from the gate, you can meet people from anywhere. And we also offer city specific events. So if we say to the people, like if you're coming to a New York event, if your intention is to either go back to New York or like be in New York, but you're temporarily, you know, in Hawaii, that's okay. Because then ultimately the people there, you're not you're not getting their hopes up. So we do try to honor that. Um, otherwise, we will turn people to our blind dates, which give them a chance to have a more specific connection based on where they are, or if they're, you know, in, let's say Miami temporarily, and they want to meet somebody in Miami, we can try to accommodate that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, because I mean, the world is is so different in terms of so many things, not just dating, but work and and, and just so much. And, and I just see people are living very different lives. Like I have a, my wife and I have a friend who, you know, she's, she's dog sitting up in Syracuse for a month. Right. And so she's, she's not even here. And I just think of, you know, people are, are, are in some ways people are not moving, but in other ways people are traveling and doing stuff, but they're doing it for a more extended period of time. And then it's like, well, do you meet someone where you at? Do you wait until you come back? Or are you just meeting people online? And then when your paths can cross, they cross. It, it, it kind of feeds into, I guess, what you had said before about how people are taking their time much more than before to really get to to know somebody, to really uh, uh, take their time. Um, does that sort of work against itself sometimes when it takes too long that maybe people lose interest? just say I think one thing I can comment on is I've noticed people have like a more general sense of openness so they're and I think because we're really focused on the process and not the outcome it's not to say you know if you want to end up in a relationship like totally don't think about it obviously you want certain things Mm -hmm. to line up but being a little bit more flexible and open to just kind of seeing where something goes um and I think yeah it's always worth looking at the question like am I avoiding some kind of completion or decision or am I truly in the process and just holding the space for what this the intelligence of this relationship and what it wants to evolve into and I think that's a very personal observation yeah 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 but but I like the way you mentioned it it's as you talk about the relationship and sometimes I think people forget that you know, it's not just you and the other person but then there's this third entity called the relationship and a lot of how things go, are about our relationship to the relationship, isn't it? Absolutely. I think that's well said. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. It's time to take our last break of the show. When we come back, I would love uh, to see if you have some advice for people who are, you know, uh, looking to date and, and looking to meet people. And regardless, like, you know, the landscape, the way it is today, what kind of advice you would have for people looking to meet someone? Okay. All right. Sounds good. Awesome. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this live every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on talkradio.nyc, all over Facebook. And we will be right back with our guest, Alexandra Balanswig, right after this. Join us every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern for the Mind Behind Leadership, where we focus on what leadership really means to us and to others. We have practical discussions with the CEOs of some of the world's largest companies, owners of small businesses, and experts in psychology and behavior to get that inside track, what to do, what to avoid, and what really happens. Join me, Graham Dobbin, at the new time, 4 p.m. every Tuesday for the Mind Behind Leadership, here live on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Calling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. 
You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. So, Alexandra, if we someone's listening to the show, whether it's live or one of the recordings on the podcasting platforms, and then they're, they're thinking to themselves, you know, I've been in this relationship, I just broke up, or I want to go out there and meet people, what kind of advice would you have for people today in terms of meeting someone and, and cultivating a relationship in today's world? I think ultimately, dating and relationship building is all an opportunity to practice something, practice being the person that you aspire to be. And so what I actually ask myself every day is what are my intentions today? What are the things I'm really focused on cultivating? So maybe today it's specifically around patience or around presence or around using my voice authentically or being really intentional with my speech. Um, So it's like, what am I practicing? And so if you can approach dating in a way of thinking that way, what am I practicing with each exchange? Then it will be valuable no matter what actually happens. And what I've started to notice and what other people that I've spoken to come to Hum Hum over and over have also reported noticing is that the connections that they are starting to make are becoming more and more and more aligned with those intentions. So it's actually like the thing you're practicing and seeking is also seeking you. It's a sort of, it goes both ways. So the more you can be clear with yourself about how you want to show up and focus only on that and not so much about what happens and how another person is showing up, of course, you know, taking care of yourself. Um, then ultimately those connections do start to seek you too and become a means for you to continue practicing and deepening in those ways. So it sounds like what you're saying is using dating and relationships as a spiritual practice. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly right. Because they are. I think that's ultimately like yeah. one of the highest spiritual practices is relationship. And it's right. super hard, <laughs> but definitely, right. yeah. And- and, and I think, you know, people sometimes tend to think of their spiritual practice as something they do privately by themselves, you know, kind of on their own. Uh, however, sometimes we learn the most uh, about sort of ourselves and, and we grow the most spiritually when we're engaged with other people. And, and one of the things that I've seen over the years is how what actually what triggers us about other people actually is sometimes the the most juicy golden nuggets for us to work on, isn't it? Absolutely. It's like that famous saying, what's in the way is the way. It's like usually Mm -hmm. the thing that annoys us, frustrates us, saddens us, whatever that is, if we can go into it and be like, okay, what is this showing me here? Is oftentimes not really about the other person. And it's like most oftentimes about something you can learn about yourself And I think the other thing I'll say is like, it's really easy, especially when you think about dating to go into this space of fixing, changing, wanting to perfect yourself in order to have a certain outcome. And I think just being really mindful of when that arises, because it's just a black hole, like this fixing mind state is a never ending one. And I think, you know, it's just like, okay, didn't do that as well as I would have liked to. Here's what I learned from. I'm going to get up and move on. I'm not going to lament and worry that it's keeping me from the relationship that I want, but I'm just going to get back on the horse and um, keep going because I'm worth that. And I think like having that attitude of like celebrating yourself or getting back up and getting back out there instead of beating yourself up um, is super right. important when dating. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like just have fun with it. Like just have fun with the process. Don't take it so seriously. Right. We tend, we have a tendency to take ourselves a little too seriously sometimes. And we forget that it's the journey. It's the process. It's, it's not about the destination. It's about having fun along the way. 
Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And actually it's, uh, it's cool that you said that because that's one of our agreements in home home in the beginning uh-huh. to set the container is don't take yourself too seriously. I agree to not take myself too seriously to the best that I'm able bringing mm-hmm. that attitude of levity and just curiosity ultimately is like, Oh wow, this is arising in me. <laughs> what yeah. does that feel like? <laughs> I'm curious. What, what have you learned about yourself in this process of, of starting and building hum hum? Like what, what has it revealed about yourself that kind of surprised you maybe in a way? So many things. Um, <laughs> I guess one is that like all of life is dating because I'm in mm. the process of actually fundraising right now, which is its own version uh, of dating and yeah. not attaching to the outcome. And that's yeah. big. Um, but also that, you know, everything that I talk about is like, again, it's stuff that I'm actively pursuing and working on. And um, I ended up in partnership about a year into creating Hum Hum. And I met my partner, you know, kind of unexpectedly, but we were staying in touch and I wasn't attaching to the outcome. And I, um, yeah, actually ended up, I, I pretty much dated men most of my life. My, I've only ever dated men. And this person identifies as non-binary and we um, ended up forming a relationship that was very unexpected. But I think because of this kind of openness and receptivity and what I was practicing, my heart felt very available to the person. And this, and so we've been now together for almost a year and a half. And um, I'm just wow. continuing to expand in what's possible. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, by the way, if you're looking for funding, I know a wonderful um, startup uh, group uh, that this woman, Bonnie Halpern, runs called Startup One Stop. So let's connect after the show so I can uh, get you the, the link and so to help you with that. Because um, yeah, being, being a startup today is no, uh, no picnic, as they say. <laughs> um, awesome. so, so we're coming into... To, to Valentine's Day period, February is just around the corner. Uh, what do you see um, in terms of uh, like the landscape and, and dating in general? Like, where is it going? Where do you see things like, like how are they changing while the world is changing around us? I do see people being more intentional about mm. who they're giving their time and attention to and also um, like really forming, um, I say like spiritual bonds, like bonds that are truly elevating and whether they're in friendships or romantic, I see this, I am seeing it a lot more in like hearing people talking about it. And, um, I think what I mean by that is that there's an alignment around purpose. It's more than just, Oh, how is this relationship? Like, you know, serving me in the, in the moment. It's like these very, um, growth oriented relationships. And I think because people are kind of waking up a bit, they're starting to see relationships as vectors for growth and and are able to like see that. So instead of just being in the chaos of the relationship, um, I am really seeing people recognize the potential for for growth and change um, and and leaning into their relationships Mm. to do that. And they're talking about it and there's, you know, support and peer circles that are really helping um, support this. I'm seeing a lot of that as well, like couples groups and and communities um, as well as, you know, dating groups and communities or single, like called single or uncoupled groups and communities. So I think people really just leaning into community in general um, Mm. is, is a thing I'm seeing. Nice, nice. Yeah. And and it does seem like there's a lot more dating coaches around. Yeah, there's a lot more communities around for just lifestyle and the way people are. And, and people are kind of finding their tribe in a way um, that in, in ways that that, you know, in the past, we never did. Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely seeing people much more willing to do the work. And I think also because they do want to change their relationship patterns and habits and tendencies and are seeking support and help, whether that's through therapy or coaching or um, peer circles, I think people are really leaning into those things. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. It's almost the end of the show. Uh, Tell people if they want to learn about Hum Hum and, and find out more about the platform, where do they go? How do they find it? Give them all that good stuff. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so you can find us at hum, hum, H-U-M, H-U-M dot space, S-P-A-C-E. That's our website. And then our Instagram handle is also at hum, hum space. 
And feel free to reach out to me directly at alexandra at humhum.space. I'd be happy to answer any questions or connect. Um, those are the best ways. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Um, any any events coming up you want to shout out before we end? Yeah, I was going to say we actually also offer a bi-weekly discussion group. The next one is on the 5th. Oh. Um, and that discussion group is about an hour long. It's guided by a mental health practitioner, um, Dr. Eileen Scholes, And it's kind of a great way for the community to connect and talk about dating. Um, and then usually we'll have a guided um, practice before that. So either I'll lead that or one of the hum hum facilitators. So that's on um, the 5th and you can get that information on our website. And then we have a really cool event coming up on the 2nd, on February 2nd. It's called Dating as a Path to Enlightenment, which is kind of what we touched on, ah. Dating as a Spiritual Path. And it's a workshop with um, David Savage, who's an author, he's an empath, um, and he'll be kind of leading a workshop. And then we'll have connection experiences the way we normally run a hum hum and people can connect with each other um, through, through that experience too. So check our website Wonderful. for all the events. Wonderful, wonderful. And we'll make sure that's in the show notes. It's uh, www.humhumhum.space. space. Alexandra, thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule for coming on the show today. It's been a pleasure having you on the Conscious Consultant Hour. I look forward to connecting uh, with you afterwards. And uh, uh, I wish you much success with your venture. Thank you so much, Sam. Thanks for hosting this space and doing what you do. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And of course, thank you, my loyal listeners, for tuning in, whether it's live or, or after the fact. And of course, if you missed any part of the show today, you can always catch us on all of the podcasting platforms, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, everywhere. Just do a search for the Conscious Consultant Hour and you're sure to find us. So thank you all for tuning in. Don't forget later today, Frank About Health and tomorrow, of course, our business shows, uh, uh, philanthropy and focus for all those people into nonprofits and always Friday for small mid-sized businesses and uh, coming in February with the return of wise content creates wealth. Yes, Joseph is coming back uh, with his second show all about content marketing and SEO. Um, so any of those who, who are business people out there who want to learn more about that, make sure you tune in. He'll be coming back the first Friday of February. So thank you all for tuning in next week. Ooh, I got a really good guest for next week. You got to make sure to tune in February 3rd. I got an awesome, awesome person. You've heard me mention her name before. I'm not going to tell you who it is because you have to tune in and find out. She's launching a brand new book, February 3rd. We've got her on her launch day. So make sure you tune in next week. Thank you all. Take care. We'll talk to you next week. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. informed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. 
In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7 Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc.